It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. An interesting trade idea, and one Commanders fan asked if the franchise would know what to do with the top quarterback if it got one. But first, we say goodbye to a Washington legend. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, we are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am David Harrison, covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, and my co-host, Chris Russell, not here today, but you find the rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app when we're not there or here. We're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at Russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Once again, we thank you for making us first listen. Every day, guys, each listener is important to us. Uh, Every day is important to us. And unfortunately, it's days like Sunday when we lost Hall of Fame running back and wide receiver Charlie Taylor that remind us of that the most. Taylor was 80 years old and spent all 14 years in the NFL as a player with the Washington Redskins, the third overall pick in the 1964 NFL draft out of my alma mater, Arizona State University. The Sun Devil gained over 1,500 yards in his rookie season, earning the Rookie of the Year award that year, heading to one of eight Pro Bowl selections as well. Twice, Taylor led the league in receptions, earning one first-team All-Pro selection along the way. His 9,110 yards receiving and 649 catches ranked second in franchise history. All the more amazing given the advances in emphasizing the NFL's passing game and he still holds a franchise record for receiving touchdowns to this day. Add to all of that the fact that Taylor spent 13 years after his playing career as the team's wide receiver coach, and there simply aren't many who have contributed to the burgundy and gold the way that he did. Chris and I send our condolences to his family and to all the fans of his life's work. Rest in peace, Charlie Taylor. So a very quick segment one there, guys. We're not going to add anything else into that. We want to dedicate that segment uh, just to delivering that information, unfortunately, and never easy to move on from something like that. But we are going to try on the other end of this break. But first, we're going to talk about Built Puffs because if you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, you're missing out on one of the best things that Built Bar has created. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie, all of them so delicious. They're going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the Puffs. They're low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with these, and they're even better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but if you go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away 
They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, while candy bars usually pack around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Puffs, Built Bars are delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they're probably going to make it. It'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it delicious, then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off of your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys. David Harrison here at Locked On Commanders Podcast. Very quickly into our second segment of the day. But again, we didn't want to want to pile up anything that we're going to talk about here on top of the Charlie Taylor news. So we wanted to leave that isolated, but we thank you again for making the locked on Washington commanders podcast. Your first listen of the day, make sure you're following locked on NFL locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and it's available wherever you get podcasts following my take on Jameis Winston, perhaps being the next commander starting quarterback an idea that was surprisingly well-received, I'm going to be honest with you. It turns out there are other media members with some interesting ideas themselves. And for this one, we're looking at none other than J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington, who recently proposed a three-way trade. In this three-way trade idea, again, from J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington, Washington sends three first-round draft picks, so 2022, 2023, 2024 first-round picks, and defensive tackle Deron Payne all to the Houston Texans. Washington also sends a second-round pick to the Seattle Seahawks. Houston would then send Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, to the Seattle Seahawks, while Seattle would send Russell Wilson to Washington. So if we break that down by team, Houston, the Houston Texans would give up Deshaun Watson, which we already know they plan on doing anyway. Uh, and in exchange, would they would get three first-round picks and Deron Payne. Seattle would get uh, would give up rather Russell Wilson, and they would get Deshaun Watson and a second-round pick. And Washington would give three first-round picks, a second-round pick, and Deron Payne. And in exchange, they would get Russell Wilson. So, very interesting prospect here. So, first and foremost, let's start with the Houston Texans. Now, we've already you know, been told through reports and through uh, sources and all this other stuff that the Houston Texans want three first round picks and two second round picks in exchange for Deshaun Watson are willing to accept players in lieu of the second round picks. But basically they want the three first and then the equivalent of two second round picks uh, in terms of picks or players either way. Now in this proposal from JP Finley, the Houston Texans get almost all of that. They end up getting uh, the they end up getting the three first round picks and they get Deron Payne, which in my opinion 
probably a, a high second round pick uh, evaluation at this point in time uh, in, in exchange for Deshaun Watson. Now you could throw in the kicker with Deron Payne that, you know, he's experienced. He's proven that he can be successful in the NFL. Again, there are some effort concerns there, but the talent is there. You know, he's not just going to fizzle out talent wise. The Seattle Seahawks really don't know what they would be wanting in exchange for Russell Wilson because they're standing firm that they're not interested in trading Russell Wilson. Uh, and Russell Wilson, again, spent all of Super Bowl week leading up to on Radio Row talking about how much he wanted to stay in Seattle and win another championship there and win multiple championships uh, there. But in this scenario, they end up with Deshaun Watson and a second round pick for Russell Wilson, which uh, even with Deshaun Watson's pending uh, suspension coming after his civil court is settled or or, or uh, 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 finished up is to me is maybe even a little bit more than you should get for Russell. Well, again, Deshaun Watson, last time we saw him on the field, was playing an MVP caliber clip. Uh, he's still young enough that you can probably get a good 10 years out of him if he stays healthy. And you're getting a second round pick on top of it for your troubles, basically to say, hey, look, you're going to be missing this guy for probably half the season. So let's throw in a second round pick. Uh, to ease your discomfort a little bit. And then Washington gives up exactly what uh, the, the Houston Texans are wanting, the three first-round picks, the second-round pick, and Deron Payne for Russell Wilson. I don't know. It, it, to be quite honest with you, if I'm Washington, if I'm willing to give up three first-round picks, a second-round pick, and Deron Payne, I just go to Houston and I say, give us Deshaun Watson for three first-round picks, a second-round pick, and Deron Payne. Let's call this a done deal and let's move on with our lives. Uh, and then you probably look at using – you know, some of your, some of your midday, some of your mid round picks in this year's draft to, uh, re solidify your interior defensive line. But you got Matt Ioannidis in there. Uh, maybe you bring back Tim Settle. You know, I mean, listen, it's not, it's not a terrible idea, but I go out there, I get Deshaun Watson. I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson, you're going to get him for the whole season in theory, you know, the, you know, health, health, uh, withstanding and all that. But Deshaun Watson, again, like I just said, you're going to get him for a good 10 years or so if he stays healthy. So I would almost say just call it the Houston Texans if you're willing to give up that much capital uh, and go for Deshaun Watson and just kind of understand that you're going to have to deal with uh, the first six to eight games or so of, of having a suspended quarterback. And then you're going to have to come back. You know, he'll be able to participate in training camp uh, and all those things. But once the season starts, once the preseason is over, he won't be allowed uh, at the facility and all that stuff. So you're going to have to deal with that situation, maybe roll out Taylor Heineke, maybe assign one of these second-tier, quote-unquote, veteran court. I mean, sign, you know, Jameis Winston for a year and tell him, look, dude, like you're going to get six, eight games to prove to us that you're the guy. And if you can go out there and, and put us in position, you're probably still going to get replaced by Deshaun Watson around week 10, 11 or so. But you're going to make a name for yourself. You go out there, get yourself a nice lucrative, lucrative contract in 2023. And, uh, you know, in exchange, Washington gets to recoup uh, one of those draft picks, not fully, but they get a comp pick for that contract, perhaps, and, you know, get to get to recoup a little bit of draft capital. So that's that's probably the route that I would go in that circumstance. Or, you know, I would call the Seattle Seahawks first off and just, you know, see what they were willing to do. But again, if the Seattle Seahawks want a quarterback in return, whether it be a Deshaun Watson caliber quarterback or elsewhere or a, a different level of quarterback, that's going to be a little bit of a harder sell. But, yeah, you know, again, interesting trade ideas coming from from all around. Uh, another one that came out as well this weekend came from Ben Standig of The Athletic, who actually speculated about the possibility of Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan uh, being the Washington Commanders guy. And, and, again, not a long-term move, right? Definitely a shorter veteran type of move, but basically – if this were to happen, you're looking at the Atlanta Falcons basically signaling a decision to 
break it all down and restart from scratch. And I mean, you look at the situation going on with Calvin Ridley uh, and whether or not he's going to play uh, in Atlanta ever again. You look at them, you know, drafting uh, tight end really high and, and having to, to wait for him to kind of get his NFL legs under him. This is a very strong wide receiver class. You could go out and potentially draft two or three guys that could potentially become big time contributors in the future. And for the Falcons, again, you're in a position uh, with the eighth overall pick this year. If you trade Matt Ryan, you're not getting a first round pick for him. You know, Washington, I would imagine you're, you're talking about mid round picks, maybe a player, uh, a younger player. Yeah, maybe a Teron Payne goes out there uh, and gets traded uh, for Matt Ryan. And when, for the commanders, you still get to keep some of your draft capital, still continue to build a team around the quarterback. And for Atlanta, you probably go out and you draft either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. Uh, or Matt Corral, whoever you love there with pick number eight, and you start the rebuilding process. Now, the problem for this, obviously, is dead cap for the Atlanta Falcons and for the Commanders. It's, uh, you know, almost, you know, all of their $30 million in current cap space available basically being gone. But uh, I mentioned it before last week during our episodes, and I wrote about it for SI.com's Fan Nation that with just a couple of moves, honestly, Landon Collins, and Jonathan Allen, just simple restructures, no pay cuts, none of that, just simple restructures of how their contracts get paid out could clear up easily $30 million and another, you know, one or two more moves. And honestly, if you're trading Deron Payne, that clears up a solid amount of cap space as it is. So, I mean, theoretically for Washington, you could bring on Matt Ryan salary cap space and then with a couple of, of slick roster moves and salary cap moves, still have north of $30 million in salary cap space. Uh, to, to, to have there. The question is, you know, what does Ron Rivera know about Matt Ryan? How confident are he and Scott Turner that he could do what they need him to do in this system? And, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan would probably be happy having some weapons other than, uh, you know, rookie Kyle Pitts out there in Atlanta. So I think it's, it's an interesting prospect. I don't know if, you know, again, like, like Standig says is basically Atlanta's would have to be starting from scratch. And that's not necessarily always a bad idea. I'm just not sure Atlanta is quite there yet. And then finally, there was one more interesting trade. Uh, it was actually reported that this trade offer was made. Um, so speaking of Finley, Dan Saleo tweeted on Saturday that the commanders had offered. So he was reporting that this was offered, made already. Chase Young, a 2022 first and third round pick and a 2023 third round pick for Deshaun Watson. So if you go off of the three firsts and two seconds that Houston has been asking for, you basically get Chase Young, who was a, you know, a first round pick himself, the number two overall pick. You're getting a 2022 first. So there's two first rounders and then you're getting two thirds. So to go from three first rounders to two second and two second rounders to two first rounders and two third rounders, quite the dip, right? In, in uh, bargaining, obviously for the Washington commanders. But again, when you look at Deshaun Watson, Last season, you know, when when they were reportedly getting that bounty three ones and two twos from the Miami Dolphins, the theory there, Deshaun Watson would be suspended for the second half of the season. They would get that suspension over. He would come into the 2022 season able and free to play the entire season suspension free. Now you're talking about taking on a quarterback to your franchise who's going to miss, I expect, the first half of the season uh, once his civil case is settled. So. Maybe that's where the kind of drop down a little bit in asking prices for Washington. You lose out on you lose out on Chase Young, who a lot of people were a little disappointed with up to the point where he tore his ACL last year, not seeing him take the leap that many expected him to take, uh, maybe wanted him to take. And then you look at this draft class. I mean, a lot of edge rushers 
uh, in this in this in this class. If you keep, you know, this one, you lose your 2022 first round pick, but there's talent uh, there in in the second round to kind of recoup. I don't want to say replace Chase Young because he is he has shown some flashes of being that dynamic dominant talent, but you can still find a serviceable edge rusher on day two. And like you said, you bring in Deshaun Watson. Now you've got a quarterback to lead your offense for the second half of the season. Same thing. You bring in, uh, you know, a Jameis Winston or a veteran, or maybe you roll out Taylor Heineke again, and we'll kind of hold our breath for a little bit. But that was reported by Dan Slayo again, JP Finley retweeting it and basically tweeting, uh, quote unquote, been told this is false. So the kind of putting, putting that out. But, you know, it, it brings up an interesting question because Deron Payne's name has come up a lot. You know, I want to say that Chris and I were one of the first to really bring up Deron Payne as a possible part of a trade scenario during the offseason. But we certainly if we weren't the first, we're we, you know, we were one of the early ones, but we're not alone. Like It's not it's not a eureka moment or a brilliant idea, a stroke of genius on our parts. By any means, Deron Payne's name has come up a lot this offseason as trade bait. And look again, very strong trench class coming out in this year's NFL draft. So it makes sense. Uh, especially, again, you still have a guy like Matt Ioannidis. You still potentially have Tim Settle. And that would leave you with a very capable defensive front there, even with the departure of Deron Payne. But this is the first time with this Dan Saleo tweet uh, that we've really kind of breached the subject of Chase Young. So that's that's a question I want to ask all of you out there. We got we got some good responses on Twitter, social media. We got a voicemail uh, the last time I asked you guys a question directly. So I want to try it again. How would trading Chase Young sit with you basically you look at some of these deals whether it be russell wilson deshaun watson whoever um where they want a first round pick you basically look at chase young as replacing that first round pick so how would that sit with you if if, if it meant the commanders got one of the top quote-unquote quarterbacks reportedly available for possible acquisition this offseason would you be okay with the washington commanders sending chase young elsewhere sending him to seattle in place uh you know to to get russell wilson or sending him to houston uh, to you know, become their next J.J. Watt to get a Deshaun Watson. How would you feel about that? Where do you draw the line? I mean, there's other court like Derek Carr. You know, maybe uh, I know there's extension talks, but listen, you know, the 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 Raiders from from the latest that I've seen, the Raiders have put a very firm number on kind of how high they're willing to go in a new contract with Derek Carr. So if Derek doesn't like that number, that limit, and decides that he's not going to sign the extension they're offering him, and the two decide it's time for them to split. I mean, how do you feel about a Chase Young? Part of a, of a deal that brings Derek Carr to Washington, you know, is that too little for you? So that's, so that's a question I want to ask you guys. So if you have a thought, uh, again, hit us up on Twitter with your responses to that or hit us up in email, locked on Washington commanders at gmail.com or call in to 301-615-3577. Let us know your thoughts. Is he untouchable? Absolutely not. Or is he worth the leveraging as, as, a, as a piece of a trade package to bring in a top guy? Very interested to hear your guys' thoughts. And I want. Uh, to see if we can collect those basically all week. And then when Chris comes back at the end of the week here, I'll bro- I'll pose that question to him as well. We'll have that discussion to round out our week here uh, because it's off season. So trade speculation, draft targets, free agency, that's going to be the talk. Football is over on the field as we know it, but basketball is in full steam. And you can still get your latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where the next fired coach is going to land at betonline.net, your number one spot for all your sports betting Needs bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right down to your Olympic coverage and information. 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action that online where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Final segment here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. David Harrison going solo on Twitter at dharrison82. My co-host Chris on Twitter at russellmania621. And our final our final segment here is Washington destined to ruin a franchise quarterback if they get one. That is a question we got from a member of the Commanders fan base. This is Todd from Utah. I uh, just wanted to weigh in on some thoughts. Um, I was thinking about this morning. When it comes to our franchise, are we any different than the Detroit Lions? So the Detroit Lions have Matthew Stafford, who obviously could be a Super Bowl winning quarterback in the right circumstances. So the question is, if we trade for or draft an amazing quarterback, are we the Detroit Lions? Are we going to have a fantastic quarterback for 10, 12 years and really have nothing to show for it when that same person, if they'd gone to another franchise, could have legitimately had a chance for a championship? So I guess my question is, are we that dysfunctional franchise that no matter how good the quarterback might be, we're always going to find a way to not be good enough because we've got so much other chaos and so many other things going on. Just a, just legitimately a question that popped into my head today. Um, I don't know. Are we kind of chasing our tail a little bit? Do we need to fix, truly fix the culture of the Redskins? Sorry, the commanders do we need to truly fix the the culture before we're really ever going to have a shot at really becoming a good team again just my thoughts let me know what you think thanks bye all right todd appreciate the phone call appreciate the question and thought and yeah i mean is washington even a franchise cap capable of carrying a franchise quarterback and i think that's that's a multi-layered conversation, um, uh, depending you know depending on the team that you're looking at. And for this Washington Commanders team, well, first of all, let's let's go back to the Detroit Lions real quick. So they had Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, not the greatest quarterback in the world, but definitely I think one of the better quarterbacks during his career, uh, you know, across the NFL and really outside of Calvin Johnson for the time that he was playing, the the Detroit Lions did very little to actually put solid talent around him. And, and that doesn't mean they didn't try. Like they drafted guys and, and all that stuff. But it really just kind of looked like a franchise from the outside looking in that really just was reliable and saying, look, you know, or was, 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 was satisfied, reserved to basically say, look, if you're Matt Stafford, if you're one of the better quarterbacks in the league, we shouldn't have to give you top shelf talent. We shouldn't have to go get you a Stephon Diggs or a DeAndre Hopkins. You should be able to make this happen with Calvin Johnson alone and nobody else. And then everybody that came between and then Kenny Galladay for a few years. But even in his prime with the Detroit Lions, not the best wide receiver in the NFL, maybe upper half, you know, in, in talent. But 
you see year in year out uh the 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 NFL draft brings top wide receiver talent into the league and there are you know guys like Jamar Chase and and other players coming in that make immediate impacts and the Detroit Lions just can't find them whether it's a scouting issue or or whatever what have you they're just not getting them meanwhile you got the Pittsburgh Steelers getting Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson you know in in subsequent years uh so it's just some of it is is personnel management. Some of it is contracting, and and I look at ownership, right? And uh, I don't know if if you want to give Dan Snyder any type of credit, but I think that if you were to go give him credit, it, the one thing is that uh, you can look at him and, and believe that he actually wants to win a championship. Like this is this is a guy who wants to be on the big stage and hold up the trophy. I think so is willing more so than some owners to do what it takes, and I and I'm looking squarely at Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Los Angeles Rams. I know you're all going to say, but he just won a Super Bowl and his team just won a Super Bowl. So that doesn't make any sense. But I firmly believe that basically he, when he decided he wanted to move the Rams from St. Louis back to Los Angeles, that the NFL you know, essentially told him, look, dude, if we're going to make this move, then you have to commit to putting a winning team on the field you know, at all costs, and you have to let the team do so. And so basically Stan – because the LA market offers him more profitability agreed to do so. But if you look across the rest of his sports ventures, if you look at his soccer club overseas, if you look at the Colorado avalanche, the Denver nuggets, uh, the Colorado rapids, like they historically underspend and historically pinch pennies. And basically it's viewed that those sports franchises are just revenue, revenue streams for Stan Kroenke, who first of all, married into money, didn't even make his own fortune. And so, you know, he, he's out here basically just a, a guy who married into somebody else's money and is spending it on sports franchises so he can sit in owner's boxes, but really is just looking to make even more money off of those franchises. So they sit in turmoil while he collects all the, the all the profits and the Rams. Again, the unique situation there is, you know, new stadium, Super Bowl venue, moving back to Los Angeles. The NFL wants to make this work. So they want an owner who is going to go into it and make it work and one of the grossest moments of, of my this last season was watching Stan Kroenke get handed uh, a Lombardi trophy. So that's part of the problem is you have to have an ownership group that is actually in it to win and not just in it to make money and understand that by winning, you also make money. And I don't know, you know, what's going to happen with the future of the ownership. You know, if Jeff Bezos comes in and buys the team, is he buying it to just make a lot more money or is he doing it because he wants to win? That's going to be a big question. Then, you have to have the mentality of the team. Are we looking for a quarterback that's going to carry us? You look at Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And one of the reasons a lot of people speculate he left New England is because he was sick of, of the Patriots essentially saying, you're the greatest ever to ever do it. You can do it with subpar wide receivers. And, and that's how it's going to be. Uh, and you look at the, the offseason leading up to his leaving, uh, the, command, the, the commanders, the Patriots made a push for DeAndre Hopkins, and the Texans refused to trade him there. They also made a push for Stefan Diggs and the trade didn't work out. And then Tom Brady ends up leaving in free agency. I firmly believe that the Patriots are trying to go out there and get DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs uh, one after the other to try to keep Tom Brady in New England. It was too little too late. Tom ends up in Tampa where they have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. They bring on Antonio Brown and they win a Super Bowl. You look at Matt Stafford who dealt with the Detroit Lions, not giving him top shelf talent not doing what it took to get him top-shelf talent. He gets traded to, his, to the Los Angeles Rams of Cooper Cup. Robert Woods at the time who ends up getting injured. Uh, they go out there, they go sign Odell Beckham Jr. They do what it takes to win 
a championship. So to answer the question, do I think Washington is willing to go out and get the weapons? I do. So if you bring in a Deshaun Watson, even with all the noise uh, and the background stuff that's going on with Dan Snyder and, and, and all that grossness, I still think that because of the way the organization is run, because of the ability of the GM to do his job, the head coach to do his job right now, that this team is still capable of putting weapons around a quarterback. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the franchise quarterback. And, and uh, an interesting question brought up from Twitter uh, by Joshua Town at JT in Worcester um, on Twitter there. Brought up Marcus Mariota. We've been talking about a lot of like mid-level quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, comes to mind. Carson Wentz. And we know, we're not talking about Marcus Mariota. So I officially want to apologize to Marcus because, first of all, if we're going to talk about Carson Wentz on this team, on this podcast, we have no right to not talk about Marcus Mariota. So Marcus Mariota, a lot of the same positives that go along with Jameis Winston. Marcus is still just 28 years old, very young uh, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you look at Taylor Heineke, uh, was 28 years old. People saying he's basically a rookie. Well, Marcus Mariota is not basically a rookie. He has some experience. He's shown flashes. And again, I would look at the Tennessee Titans drafting him uh, and really looking and saying, you're going to be our guy that's going to kind of lead the way. They did not really do a lot to put a whole lot around him uh, to make him successful. And I, and I view that as a lot of reasons why he struggled in Tennessee. Now, is he going to come in and be you know, the, the next Tom Brady type of quarterback? No, I don't think so. I think above average is basically his ceiling. But again, if you get above average production from the quarterback position on this team with the way the defense was playing with some of the weapons they have, and, oh, by the way, Marcus Mary is an unrestricted free agent, if you can go out there and get him for $3.5 million per year, maybe $4 million per year to get him to commit to a multi-year deal uh, to kind of tie him down a little bit, come in and compete for the starting job, you can still basically do what I presented with Jameis Winston. You go get Marcus Mariota. You draft yourself Malik Willis. Uh, you know, look, maybe you trade Deron Payne for a back-end first-round pick and you go get yourself a wide receiver. Maybe Garrett Wilson is sitting there, Chris Olave. Maybe Traylon Burks is still there on the board, depending on how the run on wide receivers works on the first day of the NFL draft. You pair them with Terry McLaurin. You know, I like to approach building a team from the sake of, of what you had the last time you were on the field. And while Curtis Samuel as a potential weapon in the offense is very attractive, I don't come into this offseason expecting to get any more from Curtis Samuel than what I already got. And if Washington is approaching it that way, if, if Mayhew and Rivera are approaching it that way, then wide receiver is definitely a priority in the NFL draft, if not on day one, day two. Uh, I might even take a couple. Like if, if Jahan Dotson from Penn State slips down to round two and is there when I draft on day two, I'm taking Jahan Dotson uh, 100%. So just some thoughts there. But Marcus Mariota, yeah, I think he definitely, if, he, if he's not happy in Vegas to the point where he signs there to stay uh, the backup for Derek Carr, I, I, I would 100% support Washington potentially going out for him again If you when you look after the Russell Wilsons beyond the Deshaun Watsons of this NFL offseason. And even if you get a Deshaun Watson, you're going to need a guy to start for, like I said, I expect at least half the season. So why not? Again, go out there, get Marcus for a one-year deal, and you tell him, look, in Vegas, man, you're the backup to Derek Carr. In Washington, you start for half, maybe a little bit more than half of the season because Deshaun's going to need time to get ramped back up. And if you do enough, you put yourself in position to go get a nice payday in the following offseason. We've set ourselves up to have a very interesting conversation in the next episode. Again, please get us your thoughts on the Chase Young as trade capital uh, potential 
in the voicemail box or on Twitter or in the emails. We thank you again for making Locked On Commanders Podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I will be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Commanders Podcast. If you've got questions or topics, send those in to LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com or call in, be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577. For Chris Russell, one in part of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst. I'm Dave Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. If you're out about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.